Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. We apologise that the podcast is a day late. It's my fault. Annabelle is absolved of all responsibility. If you want to send hate mail, <laughs> if you want to direct your hate speech at anybody, it should be me and not you. Isn't that right, Annabelle? Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you do have hate mail, yeah, I mean, I'm sure many won't. But yeah, if you do, it should go to you, Jeff. Yeah. The reason we are late this week is a couple of days ago, Annabelle sent me a screenshot of a podcast she was listening to. And the episode was about how this particular podcaster was making, was it 1.2 million US dollars a year from his podcast? Yes. Yeah. So I said, oh, oh, um, text me. Mm, find out find how out, yeah uh, yeah because we might need to do an audit exactly yeah and so um, I, t- I texted you the number one tip on his list and it was make sure you release a podcast at the same time each week on the same day every week and mm. thought, well we've been doing that fairly much i mean with, with the odd glitch since the start for several years now mm. and we're not quite up to the 1.2 million pounds on the totalizer so no. I thought, well, maybe we should do the opposite of what he said. Oh, interesting. Also, I was really see... busy yesterday and uh, I, I, I didn't leave myself with enough time to record the podcast. Sorry about that. But it will be interesting to see if we do hit the 1.2 this week. It will, yeah. Um, we'll keep an eye on that and update you next week. Mm. Mm, yeah. Another weird thing that was happened is you rang me on Saturday. Mm. And my first thought was just, oh, God, some, something terrible has happened. Someone's died and, or Annabelle's getting divorced or I thought I thought wife and married, whatever it is you are, whatever this strange situation you and your lover have going on there, whatever arrangement it is that the two of you have right. come to. I don't yeah, like to it's probe. over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't you think that's weird that just because you ring me at a slightly different time to what you would normally Mm-hmm. I, I assume the worst. I think I, I think I'd do the same with you. 
It's not good, is it? Most, with most people, actually, I assume people don't ring me for a chat anymore. If someone rings me, I'm like, oh, something's happened, something's wrong, something yeah, bad happens. Yeah. yeah. It starts off, it's just your parents. If they ring you at a funny time, you think, well, that's it. The other one's dead. Mm. Um, and now, uh, now it's extending to friends as well. I think <laughs> yeah, this is just yeah. what happens as you get older, isn't it? I think so. When I think about being a teenager and just being on the phone to my friends for hours, and look at me now. I don't know. I don't know. Now I jump out of my skin when my phone rings, and you know it's usually not anyone I know. Because I don't mean to sound like an old curmudgeon, but I hear teenagers talking to each other, and it's not like they're saying anything interesting. Well, I'm sure I wasn't. So how were you? How were we? Because I, I would do the same thing. I would. I, I had because um, I'd always be getting in trouble from my parents for being on the phone so long. I, I had a technique which was, do you remember that number that would make the landline ring? Yes, yes. I think it was like the engineer's code. Yeah, yeah. I would sneak up to the phone which was in the hall, ring that, and then sneak away from the phone. And then, and then when it was ringing, run back to it and say, I'll get it! <laughs> yeah, and then well. pretend to be having a conversation while sneakily ringing my friend. We definitely used to do that too, me and my sister, but we had to go through an extra step because before we could dial that special code, we had to get some tweezers out and take off the lock that my dad had put on the phone to stop us from doing that. Wow. So you had to, yeah, he actually had a lock on the rotary dial phone. I really hope young people are listening to this. I mean, I know yes. it's unlikely. But, yeah, very unlikely. If they the are, that's point, what we had to do. Like, There must be a cut-off point um, beyond which... People talking about, well, the phone was in the hall and there was an engineering code. Oh, but my dad had put a lock on it. Because <laughs> it was like a padlock that you would put through the, the numbers of the dial almost, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't, you couldn't move the dials. You couldn't dial out. This, this must sound so archaic to anybody who really is, is, is more used to mobile phones than, than landlines, which must be what? Anybody under... I want to say like 27, but I, I just plucked that number out of thin air, really. I've not done the maths. Mm, no, but we sound like we're from Edwardian times or something. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, I wasn't wearing a busset. <laughs> Was it a busset? <laughs> I, I might have just made that word up. Yeah. They're probably listening a bustle, to this a bustle. Hang on, didn't, didn't you need to ring the operator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just yeah, go, yeah. operator, operator, <laughs> get me Eddie from next door. Oh, dear. Um, anyway, so uh, so that's all that. I don't quite know how we got. Oh yeah, you were talking about you ringing me at the weekend. I was mm. I was going to tell you about. Um, it's, it's only a little thing, but uh, it was it was me trying to move through the world and uh, in, interact in a way that felt decent, good, public spirited, like I might be helping somebody out, mm-hmm. and then it just going wrong. Suddenly, it's, it's only okay. a little thing though. I got on the bus the other day and after I'd beeped on with my card, I noticed on the floor a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up and I held it in such a way that everybody on the bus could see it. It was just a single decker, but nobody, uh, I didn't wave it around and go, this belongs to anyone because, you know, I'd have to be, have it be a completely different personality type to do that. <laughs> but, but I, I tried to hold it slightly conspicuously just in case anybody had lost it. I left it for a few seconds. Nobody seemed to. So I thought, I'll give it to the driver and then they can um, they can hand it in to, to lost property. 
So, you know, mm-hmm. they've got all signs saying, do not speak to the driver under any circumstances. Yeah. Which, that's not just a COVID thing. That, that's been like that for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably to stop people. Like, when I was growing up, there often would be uh, a, um, a man who didn't seem to have anything else to do with his time just standing at the front of the bus <laughs> talking to the driver, like the driver's mate. Yeah, there was. There, I remember there on my bus home from school, there was a teenage girl that would always be t- talking to the driver because she fancied him. <laughs> like slight, like a slightly older teenage girl, like older than us. Yeah, but well, yeah, that was that was our a, equivalent. It's a notoriously sexy profession, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so so I then have to say to the driver, "Oh, excuse me, excuse me, I just found this on the floor," and the look she gave me. Because I was now giving her the admin of not only opening mm. the hatch to where she sat, but mm. then presumably having to go back to the depot and fill in a form. Ugh. Like, she hated you. Yeah, hated really hated you. me. When, in my mind, I was doing a lovely thing to reunite somebody mm. with their baseball cap. And it was public spirited. And that driver, honest to God, I feel like she then braked really hard. For the rest of the journey <laughs> and just swerve around corners a little bit when I was standing waiting to get off just to uh, just to mess with me as an act of revenge oh, oh here's a question I wasn't hmm. going to bring this up now but uh, what the hell so <laughs> go on the other week my son lost a small cuddly raccoon and a plastic spider-man in a car on the bus. Okay. Which he was really, really distraught about this raccoon and somewhat Mm -hmm. upset about the Spider-Man. I told him that I would get in touch with Lost Property and maybe they'll get it back to us. And I made up some story for his bedtime story that night about the raccoon and this Spider-Man having some adventure in the depot. And then, yeah, I can't, can't even remember what, but I, I probably then did that for a couple of nights running. That's right. the back story. Okay. The front story is I thought, I bet I can find that same raccoon. Because I remember, mm-hmm, okay. you know, mm-hmm. it was given to us as a present when he was born, but I can, I can kind of remember it came as a set, as part of a set. I remember what that set was like. And I bet I can replace the Spider-Man car. So I set right. about doing this on the, uh, on the internet. I find the raccoon with some ease. I cannot find that Spider-Man in a car at all. Right. So, at some point... I want to present him this raccoon in a magical way that it's been on its adventure and it's found its way back to us. What do I say about Spidey? Do I just say, yeah, he didn't make it. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to <laughs> no, say? Because they were, no, they were make a pair it, together. <laughs> no, make it better than that. So when raccoon returns, he can have a little, like a, get a really tiny little envelope and a little letter inside of it and then have the letter saying from spider-man saying that he'd met he'd met a girl and fallen in love and he'd gone to live with her in i don't know australia or something yeah i mean i think to get all that into a tiny letter that this raccoon could hold it'd be like trying to write a name <laughs> on a grain of rice i know people can do it but i can't do it right right how do people do mm. that 
I think you need a magnifying glass. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't like the idea. You'd rather that he, he just he just died. Okay. Well, no, no, it's not. I'd rather he died. Here's, here's what my problem is. I want to mm. seem like the greatest parent in the world, um. unveiling the news that the raccoon is back. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want it tainted with the mm, spy. I never mm. really like. I'll be honest. I never really liked Spider Man anyway. It wasn't. It wasn't a very good toy. <laughs> right. It was a bit crummy. Maybe he won't even... He'll be so excited about the raccoon, no, he won't no, even no, remember. Oh, like the first okay, thing, okay. He'll have like a moment of excitement and then it'll become about the Spider-Man. Right, right. I don't know. So what, have you decided what to do? Like, what's your plan? Love letter. Go on, love letter. <laughs> so. What about or just a raccoon what, a tiny box with Spider-Man's ashes in it? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, you're going with that, okay. What about Spider-Man's chosen to be with another kid? Hurts, doesn't it? But that's how life is sometimes. Teach him a lesson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, he just didn't want to come home. <laughs> he never liked you that much. <laughs> he just didn't want to he come. He it in the wild. Yeah, he likes the depot. Say he's training to be a bus driver. (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Or at least he's training to be one of those fellas who stands talking to the bus driver. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annabelle. Yes. Let's hear from our drifters. This is from Chris. Our next door neighbours, let's call them Derek and Brenda, are very sweet, although they are always keen to get involved in other people's lives. Mostly Brenda. Mostly Brenda. One Saturday, my wife and I were looking forward to going out for a rare pub lunch. And as there were a few hours to go, I had time to drive to the supermarket to buy a few essentials. Sitting in the car, I turned the ignition key to be confronted with a coughing, spluttering wheeze. Imagine Keith Richards laughing. That. Realising the battery had died. Yeah, yeah. Realising the battery had died. It would be weird to mention a Rolling Stone without saying Mm. that. I'd be worried Mm -hmm. that people would think I was disrespectful if I didn't say it. Yes, of course. Realising the battery died, I grabbed the AA membership card and started dialing the number. I know absolutely nothing about cars. So for once, this worked in my favour. I had it all planned. If the AA could make it over quickly, that would be ideal. But even if they couldn't make it by lunchtime, I'd leave the keys in a safe place. Minimum disruption. Perfect. It'd been a long week and we'd both been looking forward to going out for a nice, relaxing pub lunch. It was just then that there was an enthusiastic tap on the car window. It was Derek. I opened the door. Flat battery, he smiled. Yes, I'm just calling the AA. Don't be silly, he laughed. I can sort that out for you for a quarter of the price. Oh, thanks ever so much, I cautiously replied, but I wouldn't want to put you out. Besides, we're AA members and they'll easily be able to sort it out. Before I knew it, Derek leant into the car to unlock the car bonnet and enthused, don't be silly, come on, let's have a look. He then lifted the bonnet and examined the battery. Decisively, he commanded, right, get in my car and we'll buy you a cheap battery from the garage in town. I need to pop in anyway. It was too late. In retrospect, I should have pretended to have been on a call to the AA, but that moment had passed. And before I knew it, I was sitting in the passenger seat, occasionally glimpsing at my watch. 
Having stopped stopped off to buy his Saturday newspapers, Derek eventually pulled up at the garage. He was clearly a regular as he knew the woman on reception by name. In fact, they knew each other well as they spent the next 20 minutes chatting about holidays, books they were reading and plans for the weekend. What about my plans for the weekend? I thought, but obviously didn't say. After an hour, having bought a new battery, we finally returned home. Derek eagerly rubbed his hands together and lifted the bonnet. At this point, it felt like the watch hands were turning ever faster, but my worries were briefly alleviated when Derek swiftly removed the old battery and said confidently, simple, right, next, let's get this new battery in. At this point, I felt a wave of relief and asked him if he wanted a cup of tea. He did. As I went to the kitchen, my wife asked... You were ages in the supermarket. What took you so long? I explained the situation and that Derek was fixing the battery. But why didn't you just phone the AA? They could have been here by now. We're going out in a couple of hours and I need veg from the supermarket for tonight's tea. I reassured her everything was under control. When I went outside, I was met by a string of expletives, grunts of frustration and resigned sighs. Derek was having problems fitting the new battery in. As someone who knows nothing about cars, the only way I can describe it is that while the battery should have been firmly fixed in place, it was currently balancing. Teetering is probably more accurate. (laughs) To cut on an already long story slightly shorter, five hours later, five hours later, Derek was still there. After the second hour, I went to the kitchen to make his third cup of tea to be greeted by my fuming wife. Not only had we missed our lunch date, we had nothing to eat as I hadn't been to the supermarket. I told you, you should have phoned the AA, she snarled. I thought it better not to respond with a futile, but, but... I briefly went into the back garden to stifle a scream, at which point Derek's wife leaned over the fence. Everything okay? she asked. In a bid to pretend my frustration was merely a slightly odd look of concern, I lied. Oh, I feel terrible about Derek. He's wasting his whole Saturday fixing the battery. Oh, no, she laughed. He absolutely adores pottering about with cars. It's his favourite hobby. He loves it. He can spend hours noodling about with engines. With every ounce of energy, I forced a timid smile from becoming a grimace as my fuming wife glared at me from the window. Realising the whole day was a write-off, I took the bus to the supermarket to buy our groceries and an hour later returned to see Derek still fumbling away. Good news, he proudly bellowed. It's all fixed. Again, I know nothing about cars, but was it my imagination? It didn't look quite level, the battery, but he's the expert. We gave him a couple of bottles of wine for his efforts and he skipped away, happy as Larry. He'd had a good day. A few months later, I received a call from the car dealership to explain that my car had failed its MOT. Yes, (laughs) you've guessed it, for a battery that was not fitted properly. It cost a small fortune to repair because the battery had also been damaged and needed replacing. It had no doubt been wobbling and bouncing around (laughs) under the bonnet like trainers in a tumble dryer. A few days later, I saw Derek outside and he asked, How did your car get on with the MOT? My drifter jeans flowing freely like a shoal of fish fleeing a killer whale. I feebly smiled and replied, Oh, very well, Derek. It passed first time. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Loved that. Yes. I mean, that that was just an opus. Um, 
of its genre especially which i guess is sort of cutting cutting off your nose to spite your face out of social awkwardness slash politeness <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is always uh, a, a rich area for us send us your story please it is hello at adriftpodcast.com annabelle yes do you have uh, another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult i do so there's a place near to me that I go to a lot. Like if I was out and had left my phone at home and needed to be found, you could try either Sainsbury's or this place. <laughs> it's a lake and it's surrounded by woods and also it's got open green spaces. So it's really nice. It's good for small children and dogs. And I've got one of each. Now, at the edge of the lake, there's a spot, particular spot that we go to a lot and we call it the beach. But that's generous. It's it's about five metres by three metres. So very small. And there's some kind of sandy, stony dirt going down to the water and it's surrounded by bushes. So it's quite secluded. So when we do go down there, I always keep an eye out for anyone else turning up in case they want to murder us. But, you know, it's usually pretty quiet. We have it to ourselves. Now, last week we were there. And my son was paddling in the water and a man came through the bushes with a rucksack. And my dog, Rusty, he usually ignores anyone who comes along, but he's immediately running up to the man and sniffing him, which is not like him at all. But I think this guy looks a bit like a man I've seen in this spot before who gets bird pellets out of his rucksack. And then he uses this weird gun to shoot them right into the middle of the lake, which in itself, I know it's a weird thing. It's a very strange thing. But so I'm thinking that Rusty is sniffing the bird food. Anyway, I put him on the leaks. He's being a bit of a nuisance. It's all fine. And then I see this man. So I'm watching him out the corner of my eye, just in case. He gets a canister out of the rucksack and he starts pouring all this grey stuff on the ground, which I'm thinking is the bird food. And my son says loudly, what's that man doing? So I look at the man expectantly, waiting for him to confirm my suspicion that it's bird food. But he doesn't. He says, oh, I'm just saying goodbye to my dad. Oh. At which point I'm horrified that I'm here with a loud, inquisitive three-year-old and a sniffing dog and intruding on this like extremely private moment. Oh, my God. But I'm also thinking, could you not have waited until we were gone? <laughs> it's a tiny space. <laughs> But I say to him, oh, I am so sorry. Do you want us to go? And he says, oh, no, he'd like the company. And then he pauses, nods nods towards the grey pile and adds his partner's in there too. And with that, he takes a big handful and starts throwing it into the water. But it's catching on the wind and it's blowing into our faces. And I'm desperate to get me and my son away. But there's this weird, polite part of me that doesn't want him to think (laughs) I'm too precious and good to have his dad in my face. So I'm just trying to edge away discreetly. But my very determined three-year-old is refusing to move. And, you know, he'd been having a good time. And I can tell that he is not going to leave without a gigantic tantrum. And I don't want this poor man to be scattering his dad's ashes with a little boy screaming I don't like you anymore in his mum's face (laughs) and it's really bad now like I can hear now the man's crying and I can't look at him anymore but I can hear and like just to reiterate this is a very small area enclosed by bushes and my son's asking all these loud questions what's he doing why is he crying and it's like it's actually unbearable the only good thing is that he's stopped throwing the ashes in the water now. He's now taking photos of them on the floor. I'm thinking, should I be offering to take the photo for him so he can be in it? Like, I don't know the etiquette here. 
And eventually I get my child to leave with promises of TV and chocolate. And the long and the short of it is, if you need to find me, and I'm not at home. I'm not got my phone on me. Just check Sainsbury's. <laughs> hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Annabelle, that is one of the most extraordinary things I've ever heard. I'm still thinking about it. It was very, very strange. Are you, are you still processing it? I think so. I think so, yeah. It was, yeah. I, I think about it a lot because it was so bizarre. Why, why do you think he didn't wait until he was on his own? I, that's the big question. Because... There aren't that many people around. He could have waited like until we're gone or we could have gone somewhere else or and it wasn't like he came and sat down and, and waited to see if we would leave or not. Like he, he he got straight to it. Like he he walked in there, got straight to it. So odd. Just just very yeah. quickly, I'll I'll try and keep this short only because if uh you you ever listen to the radio show, you will have heard this story five hundred times. But I don't think I've told it on the podcast, if not and if I have it, it hasn't been for a long time. There was this one time I was on the Amalfi Coast with my ex-girlfriend and we were staying in this place called Ravello, which is a really, really beautiful clifftop village. And the hotel that we were staying in had these beautiful gardens that went right up to the edge of the, the cliff and had like the best view on the Amalfi Coast. And they were open to the public during the day. But in the evening, it was hotel guests only. And before we left, I was determined, like absolutely determined to, to get the waiter to, to take the perfect picture of us with this view in the background on the terrace on our own at the, at the end of the gardens. So I remember going out there one evening and just waiting and waiting and waiting for all the, the, the day tourists to leave. And eventually, it was us and this one other couple, and it became a standoff. <laughs> and, and I wanted to get the sunset picture, and obviously there's like the ticking clock on it of the sun you know, literally going down. Yeah, yeah. And it was who's going to blink first. Now, you know me, Annabelle, in that situation. Oh, I am not going yep. to blink first. No, no way. So I waited and waited and waited, and the, 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 the sunset is becoming redder and redder and redder and sinking towards the horizon. And sure enough, just before it sinks beneath, they, they go off to some other part of the gardens, at which point I call the waiter over to take the photo. So as he's coming over, I kind of glance at, at what they're doing. 
and they've gone into some gazebo in the gardens, like an open gazebo, and then I see the man of the couple <laughs> go down on one knee. Oh. And basically, my refusal to blink has led to his proposal being having to having to be done in a second location. It was very much plan second. B. You forced him well, to plan B. I felt awful, so I got the way to then send them some champagne over, right? Uh, and then no, later got nice. talking to them. And it was even worse than that because they, they, they were from Australia and he oh. had planned this elaborate European trip the the culmination of which was his proposal on the terrace of oh. this hotel at sunset one evening. No, no. Yeah, and and I'd managed to scupper that. Oh. <laughs> so I'm I'm wondering if there is a version of the story you told with mm. this guy just waiting and waiting and waiting to fire the ashes from some weird gun into a. <laughs> Into a lake in East London. I don't know. Um, so that's what that reminded me of. Right, a couple of things. First thing, Sarah and I went out for lunch the other day. It was one of these places where it's small plates. So, so I'm always getting, uh, getting myself in a tizzy over how much food to order. Mm. When I eventually order, I then say to the waitress, do you think that's enough food? And she says, ah, you could probably do with... Um, an extra plate of this, so I ordered that as well. Oh, as soon okay. as she's gone from the table, Sarah tuts and says, that was a real amateur move. <laughs> I say, what was an amateur move? She said, I've heard you do this before. You, I, I consider you somebody who navigates the city like a professional. You don't stand up till the very last minute as the tube pulls into the station, for example. I say, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a competent urban guy she said why do you do this rube thing of asking the waiter or the waitress if they think it will be enough food is that a rube thing well it's not like they're on commission it's not that they get like you know 3p extra for every plate you order i I do think that that, how they're supposed to know they don't know your appetite it's true and there's nothing worse either than when you order food and then they look at the thing and go, oh, you know, that's, uh, that's quite a lot of food. Oh, that's terribly judgmental. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, you made me feel a bit better about myself. Now, the other thing was, um, I think I mentioned too, I'm not sure in the podca- if it was on the podcast or in real life, my son and his obsession with a restaurant called Crazy Pizza. Now, we've never been mm-hmm. there, but he has seen videos of it on social media. Right, okay. And it's an Italian restaurant in London that lives up to its name if these videos are to be believed. So the waiters are kind of clapping and singing. The pizza chefs are twirling the dough around the head. Um, Customers are up on the chairs. There are um, like party poppers and, and little indoor fireworky things going off. It's it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. My son really now for a while has wanted to go there. Um, But my fear has been that we will arrive at a time where there's no craziness. 
and it'll ruin his childhood. So it's not it's not non-stop crazy then? No. Because sort of the craziness comes... Okay. Well, I don't okay. know because I've never been there. So I, 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 I emailed them. Right. Okay. To, to ask when the optimal time for craziness is. They email back, I'll read it to you. Okay. It says, Dear Jeff, Unfortunately, there is no specific time that the entertainment takes place. It happens daily at unexpected times... Therefore, unfortunately, I won't be able to advise you exactly when it will happen. I do apologise for the disappointment caused. But imagine the disappointment if you went at a non-crazy time to crazy pizza. I know, I know. And like I say, I worry about damaging Gene. I worry about him being there (laughs) at a therapy session in his 30s and he's saying to the therapist... (laughs) <laughs> I just keep thinking about this time I was promised wild, crazy pizza. And I just got taken to this perfectly ordinary Italian restaurant where the service was brisk and professional. Right. I mean, yeah, that's a very real concern you have there. What would that do to him? It'd be terrible. Especially with this whole Spider-Man in a car situation. <laughs> yeah. And th- then I was sort of thinking it through. And I was thinking... It's probably better that they call it crazy pizza and then occasionally there's no craziness, which is crazy Mm. in itself. Right, yeah. Then it would be to call it sombre pizza (laughs) and then have all those antics happening. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that, yeah. So I tweeted about this and, and people had various suggestions. So I, uh, I, I composed a reply based on those suggestions. Okay. Thank you for your swift reply, uh, albeit with the disappointing news that there's no guarantee of craziness at Crazy Pizza. I, uh, I then made the, uh, asked the following questions. Do you keep accurate data on previous out- <laughs> outbursts of craziness that I could use to predict future occurrences? <laughs> Would you consider a vibrating pager system as used in <gasps> shopping centre food courts so patrons, yes. could, patrons could visit a nearby attraction and be buzzed as the craziness starts <laughs> to unfold? Brilliant. And have you thought about timetabling the craziness? I often find that uh, a stri- strictly enforced schedule for fun is better than spontaneity. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> And what do they say? No reply yet. Uh, what? Yeah, that first reply came within an hour or so, and this one I've been waiting almost a week, so... You're joking. Yeah. Why wouldn't they reply to that? There's three brilliant ideas. I don't know. I did have several... Oh, I know why. It's, it's gone to, like, top-level manager, and they're oh, just trying to get so? it sorted out. <laughs> yeah, that is why. Yeah, yeah. I know I know how these companies work. It just takes time to filter back down again <laughs> to the email. Yep. There you go. It's going to happen. Brilliant. Yay. All right, time for uh, Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic here in Problematic. Now, Annabelle, before we get started mm. on this, we're, we're mm. a little low on quandaries, are we? Yes, we need some more, please, so send them in. This never happened with Mug Chat, did it? I just want to make that No. <laughs> okay. All right, first one is from Alison. Like many, I've really struggled with working from home during this pandemic, mostly because due to lack of space in my flat share, I spent most of the day working on my bed. 
My office has not yet returned to normal, so I've been finding myself seeking out cafes in which to work, just so I have a break from my bedroom. My questions are these. One, how can I signify that I'm doing a paid job and not writing a screenplay? I know Annabelle voiced some concerns about this scenario recently. Two, how long can I stay in one cafe? For example, if I buy enough food and drink, can I go to one from nine until they close? Is that okay? And three, how much food and drink do I need to buy while I'm there to justify my existence? Thank you, Alison. Okay, I I can help. I can help with this. Okay, can you address the first point then? So first one, you want to bring some ephemera that gives an indication of what you were doing. What was that word you just used? Ephemera. Okay. What do you think? Anyway. I'm happy with that. But what, what should she bring in? Well, I've forgotten what a job is now. It's been so long since we... She, does, <laughs> she doesn't say, but she just says it's an office job. Right. So, I don't know. Something, something with your company's logo on it. Um, a, uh, say, for example, you're an accountant. Mm. Maybe some kind of like accounting textbook. <laughs> Oh. I, love, I love the idea. You think accountants are like releasing text, textbooks? Well, they would have had to have one maybe on some do. stage, wouldn't they? Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Sorry for laughing. Yeah, it's a, you have to be qualified. You can't just set yourself you up. You do? I know. Oh, yeah. You, you, pro- yeah, you might be. Annabelle. Yeah, you do. You might be revising for your next. Well, they're yeah. exams, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Or some guidelines. Textbooks. Relate, print something off. That clearly isn't uh, to do with writing a screenplay. Something that, that looks. Maybe the. Serious. The occasional phone call that suggests you're definitely doing an office job. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that I, might, I, that I, might I, just be yeah, annoying. I would feel self-conscious yeah. doing that. What was okay. the second All right, question? Then. How long can she stay in the cafe for? Like, this is just, if you buy enough food and drink, which we'll get on to, can you stay in one all day or, or are they going to get sick of the well, sight of you? Well, I think you can if you buy enough food or drink. There's a slight okay. issue at the moment around table sharing. So I think... You, you always have to be open to the idea of table sharing if you're going to do that. But I wonder how much the pandemic complicates that. Mm, mm. So in other words, if you're sitting at a table that could be used by four people, uh, are another two going to feel comfortable coming and sitting at the same table with you? That's the, that's the question. Mm. I know my local cafe has banned laptops, so it obviously was becoming a problem for them. That's because people don't follow those these rules that we are threshing out yeah. here. Because yeah, yeah. I think you have to buy a drink every 45 minutes. <gasps> that's a lot. Every, that's, I mean, we're talking eight drinks a day then. Yeah. Well, that's a huge amount of drinks. Yeah, but think how much it would cost you to rent an office space, like a desk in an Fair office enough. space for eight hours. Yeah, okay. Right? So a drink every 45 minutes, a substantial meal. And right. Uh, if you were there beyond uh, an hour and three quarters after the substantial meal, some kind of uh, snack like uh, a cake or a biscuit or something like that. Okay, so okay, and then two again, lots and, of food and then, and then like an hour and a half increment after that. Wow, Maybe some okay, coffee okay. Beans to take away. Yes, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, so you have to be making some kind of purchase pretty much every forty-five minutes. I think so, and and uh, with a significant one at a meal time and, yeah. and then a, a smaller one after one and three quarter hours okay great okay. i'm happy with that yeah lovely let's move on to the next one it is from emma 
There is one particular aspect of socialising with others that I have never got to grips with. As I don't have many friends, it only crops up once or twice a year, but when it does, I'm always stumped and feel like I never get it right. It's what to take with me when I go round to a friend's house, either for drinks, lunch or dinner. I'm not someone who ever entertains. I'm the opposite of Nigella Lawson in pretty much every way. It would take me at least six stressful days and three sleepless nights if I were required to rustle up a kitchen supper for friends, for example. When I watch property programmes, they always talk of it being essential that there is space for entertaining. And I feel like I'm watching a documentary about another species. <laughs> Why would you want to entertain others in your spare time? How exhausting. So I basically never invite people round. But when I get asked occasionally to others, what should I bring? I've tried asking. It always gets the same answer. Just bring yourself. And then I feel bad being empty handed. Should I mention something specific like wine or dessert? What if the hosts don't drink alcohol? I've got a few teetotal friends. What do I bring then? Flowers feels a bit weird. Chocolates are nice. But is it wrong to bring food to someone else's meal? I'm getting a headache just writing all this. Please set out the rules that I can write down, laminate and refer to on the rare occasions I need it. Thank you. Uh, flowers. It's good. Are you doing your flowers? OK, oh, she says the flowers feels a bit weird, but OK, I flowers. I think flowers is, I disagree there. Um, flowers, I, I, nice, uh, okay. I like a cheese board, but of course more and more people <gasps> are vegan these days, but bringing oh, a cheese board is often... Oh, I'd never think to do that. Yeah. OK. Uh, a really nice loaf of bread. Oh, what? These are things I'd never think of. Like a really okay. good one. I'm not just talking about going and getting some sun-blessed. And then, <laughs> in a bag. and then, if it doesn't go with their meal, like say for example they've like cooked an Indian or something, yeah. and they've already sorted out yeah. the bread, It'll be nice, does that feel nice for awkward? Nice, awkward if... nice for their breakfast. Okay, so have it for your breakfast. So it's okay to bring food. I didn't know this. I thought it was sort of wine, maybe chocolates. But no, no, you I think okay? Che- I think cheese, cheese is all. Cheese is my go-to, but um, veganism does complicate it a little bit. And do you beforehand when you do you ask shall I bring nope. shall I bring or, or do you say I'm bringing a cheese board by the way? No, because I kind of figure they haven't thought of the cheese of, of having a cheese board, and then it's a lovely thing as a surprise. Hmm. Um, or they have, and then they can just have the cheese themselves another time, or they can say, "Oh, let's put some of this out as well." Well, this is very interesting to me. These are things I never Why, thought what, of. What would you do then? Well, I think in the past I would, if it's lunch or dinner, I don't know, because I guess I would take a bottle of wine. But then mm. if I'm not drinking, I sort of, and they're not drinking, I don't know. You I, th- I think I've taken really chocolates before. For me. Well, I think that's quite nice if you're going to the house of someone who doesn't drink. Okay, so that's a good one then, to just mm. take a soft drink, an interesting soft drink. A pineapple? Mm. <laughs> it's, a great about... thing to, it's got a great look hasn't it what about a bath mat like you know things for the house is that is that going too far a bath mat i don't know for example it's just for, an for example of things worried about slipping in the bath <laughs> no no like you know those i don't know i'm just thinking a tea towel things for the house i mean oh. that that i've gone too far you don't like that some vape fluid <laughs> Uh, 
Okay, we're going to stick. With, we'll stick with ones that we've already said then, okay. and that all feels fine to you, does it? Yeah, okay, I good, so. great. Um, okay. All right, we we are short of quandaries, so um, do send us yours if you want to know what the social rules are for any given situation. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. podcast thank you for listening sorry again about the delay um please as well as uh, any any quandaries you might have do send us your stories it's hello at adriftpodcast.com thanks to man in the echo for the backing music and to emily harrison for the incidental music carla gowlett took our photos kim rainey designed our artwork and uh, i should finish this week by saying uh, oh very well derek uh, it passed first time All right, this comes from Rear Admiral Reed, Adrian, Reading, UK. So, it says, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. I hope this email finds you both well. This is not my first time writing. I was lucky enough to have a quandary read out in the first 12 months of the podcast about not being included in a family photo tree frame at my brother's house. I do remember this. Sometimes (laughs) I pretend when I say that, but I I genuinely do, Mm -hmm. uh, when everyone else was. I've not plucked up the courage to take your advice and commission a self-portrait and give it to my brother and sister-in-law, however. So I'd like to start this publication with a simple request, if I may. And that is to, uh, to ask you both to never stop doing this podcast, please. I know eventually you'll have to stop, but hopefully not in the near future. So I think, what else, what else would we, we do, Annabelle? just keep going no reason yeah, to stop I can't, yeah. I can't think of a reason to stop I so can't. let's keep going and i yeah. do love stopping stuff generally <laughs> but, but not this. um he says now i know you both really like to avoid any form of flattery compliment positive feedback etc uh but i really hope you will not only accept what i'm about to say but also press pause on your usual redacting of all things complimentary and agree to read out my podication. Oh, Annabelle, what have you got us in, let us in for here? I've crossed a bit of it out, don't worry. <laughs> okay. It's not, is this going to be self-indulgent? I don't mean, like, I, I promise you, I haven't read this yet, and, and whatever Adrian's mm. written, I will be very, uh, you know, touched by. I love reading this stuff. I just worry about reading it out, but I, I take it you've... Uh, you've... Okay, I think it's a really lovely email. Okay. And so let's just do it. Okay. Um, All right. So if you hadn't guessed already, uh, this uh, this publication is for you, Jeff and Annabelle. I'm a long-time listener. I have vague memories of Drunk versus Stoned on the evening show and uh, incredibly fond memories of both the morning show and more latterly, the drive time show. I don't mind admitting I shed a tear. You announced you're both calling it a day. And again on the day of the last show. I love the last song you chose to play out with when i go by slow club and immediately downloaded it from itunes it's a great song that do you know who's doing great guns who's that um rebecca from slow club 
Oh, great. She's launched a solo career. She goes under the name Self Esteem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was on the front of the NME last week. Oh, wow, Uh, great. She's been on Jules Holland. Her music is so good. Um, I have to listen to it. And she's a great person as well. So there's there's one, um, I think Drifter's... Drifters or well, I think you'll you'll enjoy all the music. I don't want I don't want to preempt the Drifters, but um, anyway, check check out her m- music. She's got a, a new album out soon, and there's been a few singles, and then there was another album a couple of years ago. It's it's she's really very talented. Um, anyway, Adrian continues. As with some of the other other Drifters, I too have suffered with mental health issues um, for most of my life, albeit. Um, hadn't accepted them as such really however they came to a head back in november of 2006 and i guess it was effectively a full breakdown it ended up with me being off work for an entire 12 months and having to move back in with my parents it really was quite a horrific time and something i wouldn't wish upon anyone however with the support of my parents family friends and an incredibly understanding employer i got through it and returned to work a year later that said what i have to deal with will never go away and it's just a case of how best i can manage it on a day-to-day basis good days and bad days anyway enough of the self-pity just let me stop you there adrian nothing about what you wrote there seems in the least bit self-pitying um quite the opposite in fact um he says but it is relevant in terms of the podication about three or four years back the issues that had started to manifest themselves in 2006 started again just the early signs but i knew what they meant i tried to deal with them as best as i could but i got to a stage around spring summer 2020 where i knew that i needed some help A very close friend of mine had recommended a therapist a year or so earlier, and I finally plucked up the courage to start seeing them last year, and and it's helped. What with this and COVID, I've been trying to keep myself more active than I have been, and I've done this by going out on walks almost every day. And this is where you guys come in. I so look forward to my evening and weekend walks. It means that I can switch off from work, but more importantly... I can switch off from all my other issues. I can lose myself listening and laughing to you both. And I'm currently working my way through the podcast again from the start. Listening provides an escape. What I have to deal with just never goes away. It's just there constantly niggling away. And there are very few things that can override it. But both of you are one of those things that can. Since 2006, I rarely look forward to anything. It's just the way it is. Pretty much the only thing I do look forward to is my annual trip to New York just before Christmas. But I also look forward to listening to you both every day on my walks. Also, thank you both for continuing the podcast throughout the last 18 months, as I know it will have helped so many of us through this difficult time. I know you both struggled through the pandemic given the careers you have, although you would never know it from the podcast as you're always so positive. I sincerely hope things are returning to some sort of normality for you both anyway i'll stop rambling uh and also try my best to come up with some stories for the podcast i must have some recessed in my mind somewhere although i try not to go digging around in there too often 
Best wishes and kind regards, Rear Admiral Reed. Well, firstly, Annabelle, thank you for uh, for, for sort of not um, intercepting that email because I think um, I think probably like when you're in it as Adrian is, you you don't always realise what just talking about what it is to be in it can do for other people. And mm-hmm. I think you express it so well and so clearly yes. and that thing about how it, it kind of can come in waves and uh, you can have these severe episodes and then it, it, it can be a good while before you get another one. But at the same time, it never quite leaves you... That's that stuff. I mean, it's sort of hard to to hear about the the only things you look forward to. But I, I wonder if, when you're kind of not quite so much in the pit, if if you'd think that as as well. And I know what it's you know. I I just think that when you're in the pit, I always say this to people: like seeing over the edge of the pit is is impossible that's the great trick that it plays on you when you're down there you can't see over the edge and you you become convinced oh no the pit is what life is really like it's uh, i should never have been outside in the first place it was out out there that i had it all wrong and i was lying to myself when actually is it's the opposite so i don't know i hope there are there are other things that sort of when things are going a bit better for you you um you are able to to enjoy and as i get older I know it's a big old cliche, but just just the little things, like just just little mundane things, and finding pleasure in those can can be helpful. But I think there's something really uh, that that people will find really useful about your approach of when it floors you, it floors you, and you need to take the time to get better. But also, like when you can, and, and I really mean when you can, and only when you feel able being able to put a bit of structure in there and, and, and going for walks and having a bit of routine and a, a bit of something, even if it is as, as daft as this podcast, that takes you out of it for a bit. I mean, uh, all, all of that stuff just sounds like you have a very good grip on what you live with and you've come up with some really good strategies for, for noticing when things are, are sort of on the slide and then doing what you can when you're able to as well. I just, I, I found it incredibly impressive and I think a lot of people listening to this will will take stuff from that and it'll be useful f- for them. So, sorry, have I gone too earnest? Have I gone a bit earnest there? No, it's lovely. Yeah. You've, yeah, no. I just, I thought it was a really beautiful and honest email yeah. and yeah you explain and i think you explained why i thought that even though i didn't know why i thought that so thank you um well adrian thanks for taking the time to write um and i hope uh you know i hope you get on a bit of an upswing and i hope it's uh i hope it's a decent length one and i hope whenever you know the next one of these stormy periods comes along it, it doesn't last too long because you know that's uh that's what it is isn't it it's, it's sort of trying to uh to enjoy the sunny bits while you can and then uh and then prepare yourself for the stormy bits as 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 best as you can but thank you really appreciate you taking the time to to email so it's the latest edition of the podcast podicated to rear admiral reed thank you for sticking with us 
so long, Adrian. It really, uh, really means something. And uh, yeah. Okay. And if you would like a podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs>